SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapete on SAFM. But people, you're still on SAFM Viewpoint, and this is Sibu Mabena doing a takeover because it's Tuesday takeovers. And um, what we were just listening to is a song that tells us about all our ambitions, Imale Ningi by Big Zulu featuring Intabayase Dubai and Ricky Rick. So after the break, it's my turn to host the show. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. Good people, as mentioned, this is Sibu Mabena taking over Songhezo's show. Um, I must say, radio is not the easiest thing to do, and I really have respect for Songhezo because they are hosting a show and being able to impart knowledge on an audience that you can't see isn't um, <laughs> something I thought I'd be doing. But um, it, this, this industry is what has gotten me here. And um, I have the privilege and honor of being able to network with other entrepreneurs who are changing the world one dream at a time. And one such entrepreneur is an awesome and incredible young gentleman named Likao Sihwana. I have... I've, I've, I've had the privilege of knowing him or getting to know him over the past few months because he is now a client of Duma Collective. And um, I thought it would be great to come on the show and invite him on to share the, share his knowledge and um, share his story of building the dream that is Drip Footwear alongside his other entrepreneurial ambitions. So, Likau, how are you? Evening, evening, and how are you? I'm nervous, but um, <laughs> thank you so much for honoring me. Thank you so much for indulging um, indulging us. And I really just want you to be able to share this platform with me because you're already doing so much for so many people. So for those who don't know you, as the founder of Drip Footwear from Ivory Park, taking it to the world, um, tell us about how you made that first shoe. What was the process? What was the thinking? Where did the dream start? Um, and um, just kind of get us to how you arrived at this point. Um, 2003 in grade 8 at, at secondary school is actually how it actually started, you know. Um, I always hear people saying, yeah, probably maybe it was a spark of entrepreneurship. It, with me, it wasn't. It was just poverty. It was just me trying to, you know, fit in into crowds um, of people my age. I was just around 14 and 15 years of age, and I just wanted to be cool. I just wanted to be regarded um, as a part of a crew, you know. So, yeah, I designed shoes. I designed um, clothes as well, and then I was using denim. And... Uh, for some reason, that helped in feeding my family as well, because I would just come home and then I would buy paraffin or candles, you know. And I, I continued for the first, um, uh, for the five years of my high school career, I'd uh, yeah. sell clothing, you know. Guys would come to my house and I'd patch denims for them, you know, for a fee. So that is how I actually tapped into the um, business world, you know, officially as a young entrepreneur in high school. And I started, you know, developing interest. You know, I wanted to go study at least of London International School of Fashion in, in Rosebank also. And that didn't happen. But I started developing a lot of interest into fashion, into sneakers. And, yeah, that is how actually uh, it began. But there was a gap um, between 2003 and 2019 of about 16 years. 
And that was when, um, later on in life, after studying civil engineering, after going to school, I was like, I'm tired of waiting. You know, what can I do? And then I revisited my dream of actually making shoes. So um, that is how I actually started doing the research into how I can go about it commercially. How can I involve other people? You know, how can I incorporate my story? How can I, you know, um, include other people from my community as well and then impact the generation, you know, using my dream and then using my story as well. So, okay, so you you are another example of someone who went to school because you know that as a society, that's something that we are told we have to do as young people to advance in life. But you were able to go back to doing something you love and converting your passion into profits. So you've mentioned that you, you've taken a lot of people along the journey, your community, other people around you, and you're now an employer of many people. So I just want to understand the process of going from being a passion entrepreneur to a commercial entrepreneur where you have so many stores that you're opening. And tell us a little bit more about the drip journey and where drip is going into the future you know um i went into my community and then i brought um some few people with me you know i i like some some other days i'd walk into the office and they'll be like can i take a picture with you and i'm like why you know why are you doing that you know it's because they actually believe because they see me as that model from the township someone that they can actually look up to and um i was bored at work i was very very bored at work i felt as if like i wasn't doing um I, like i wasn't living my purpose you know my purpose was entrepreneurship you know i lived the best life um that my, my best life in high school i was selling i was being creative and i felt like um I, that wasn't for me what i was doing at the time so i quit i sold my car sold my mom's fridge i sold whatever that i had that i could just raise and created um to i designed the logo myself i came up with so many concepts i designed the shoe you know i was inspired by the world i was inspired by south africans and that is how to was actually born so yeah man it, it hasn't been it has been a very very long journey and um to be where we are you know we just thank um, our customers just thank the country for actually believing in black entrepreneurs black people you know believing in south african products as well the future. Um, we're opening our first store of the year in on the 13th. Okay, not not the first day because we're opening the. I'm opening a, a franchise, a Legends Baba franchise, on the 6th of Feb, and then the official uh, first store opening of Drip Footwear is going to be on the 13th of Feb. So mm. yeah, this year we're going to be um, turning the business into um, more of a commercial business, you know, uh, more of a corporate business. Moving from that entrepreneur type of business whereby I was just doing everything by myself, you know, into now incorporating other people, you know, having uh, managers, having retail managers, having drivers, and yeah. having the HR, having accountants, having lawyers, you know. It was something that I just sat down and I was like, um, you know what, I don't want um, for me to hand over my business to my family one day and it's just a mess i want someone to be able to walk into my business and be able to understand what is going on their systems their policies mm -hmm. you know and that is what i actually wanted even uh, when i'm no longer here they can be able to just continue with the brand because i have left something that is very solid that is the whole aim and then also have something that is south african that people can actually look and say this is ours this is a a, a business that has systems that is black owned that they don't have problems mm -hmm. they don't have you know financial problems they don't have cash flow problems they are flourishing they are giving us quality products you know 
So I didn't want to center the business around me as much as the story is mine, but I wanted it to grow beyond me, beyond like also one. So that is, mm. um, yeah, that is very, very important for me. Um, that is why I left all those oral systems and I'm, I'm bringing in people like you into the business to come and do our marketing. And yeah, plans for the future. We're opening 21 new stores this year. We have um, great collaborations um, with artists. We have... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. New sneakers coming through. Yeah, and so many other exciting things. And I, I really love that you're so passionate about making sure that your business lives beyond you. Because I suppose what a lot of South African entrepreneurs or young entrepreneurs, unfortunately, um, are not able to dream beyond their personal needs. And what is great about what you're building here is that the South African dream should be that of being able to build sustainable businesses and sustainable brands. I'm currently wearing a drip shoe. If you go onto my Twitter, Sibu Mapena on Twitter, um, you will see that I am representing the brand that I, I, I believe in and the brand that I see going into the future. So I just want to thank you, Ligao, for, for, for having a vision and having and having the the energy and the passion to see this into into reality so i just want to um, engage people on social and say hit us up uh, at safm radio hashtag safm viewpoint and if you have any questions i will be taking a few in uh, a little bit after i speak to lesego tlabi the line is 0117142006 i will repeat that 0117142006 and you can dial in or you can send your voice notes to 0614-104-107. I repeat, the hashtag is SAFM Viewpoint. Um, I'm going to switch over to Lesejo. Lesejo, are you here? Do I have Lesejo Tlabi on the line? It seems like Lesejo Tlabi is like yes, yet Hello. Oh, yes, Coconut Kells is there. I hear your voice, Miss Coconut Kells. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm less nervous than I was when we started. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Hello, hello, everybody in the studio. Um, yeah, I'm also a bit nervous, to be honest, which was really weird because I've done this quite a bit. But yeah, I'm excited to speak to you. And I mean, you, you do this um, quite often. You're often on air in some way, shape or form, um, using your voice to tell stories and different kind of stories. But I think your niche is really using satire as a tool to critique social political issues, you know, such as racism and privilege and um, matters of homophobia and discrimination in general. So I just want to get into very quickly how you ended up choosing this direction for your content creation. How did you get into this space? Um, I think it kind of, oh, it's going to sound so cliche, but I feel like it kind of chose me. You know, it's one of those things that it really just happened over one day. I just thought, you know, um, a lot of the people that I went to school with, especially obviously um, the white girls, were very apathetic to things that were very important to me. And having been friends with them and seeing that they didn't really have an opinion on things that were important to us, like hair, um, especially when the Pretoria Girls hair incident happened. And the comments I kept seeing were the same everywhere. It was either that we just should be uh, privileged to even be there or why don't you just change your hair then or why don't you go back to the school where you come from and seeing those comments come up over and over and over again I thought I wonder if people know how ignorant they sound you know these are people that went to really good schools and these are people that were my friends I wonder if they know what they sound like so why don't I just take their comments literally um, verbatim and then say them back in the way that I imagine they say it and that's basically mm. how it happened. 
But did, did you ever get any backlash from people finding it um, offensive or, you know, when people, the, when the guilty feel condemned <laughs> and um, you're the one to bring to light these issues that people choose to shy away from, was there ever a point where you felt that you, was, you were maybe in the wrong space or you've chosen the wrong way of doing things? Uh, I think only after the the ENCA video from two years ago now, almost said last year, that's when I was like, oh, okay, let's let's leave this thing alone because the backlash was from the very people that I thought would get it the most, which was black people, and um, I don't think they understood that it was a character, and also that the character is trying to highlight issues of, um, of white privilege, of racial microaggressions. You know, there's racism that we speak about every day, which is the K word and the big racism. But people don't often speak about or even notice that small racism. And when schools, racism in schools was trending last year, I saw that people don't often know things like you speak really well or touching your hair mm-hmm. or, you know, assuming that the black kids would only be good at the cultural subject is all part of the microaggressions that I try to speak about when I do um, the things that I do. So when it was black people who weren't getting it, that's when I was like, okay, maybe let's try again or let's try to figure this out in a different way because the backlash is coming from the wrong place. If it's, you know, from the audience that I'm critiquing, then I don't mind so much. But it was when it was for the audience that I thought I was creating it for that I thought, okay, let's try to figure something else out. But, you know, what's very interesting is um, I've seen how the conversation really gets sparked by something that you've done that we laugh at. But we find ourselves having conversations in our games nights or around the bry stand or at the water cooler in the office when things were open. um, That these are issues that we generally don't engage in, especially because we don't watch the news as a youth. So um, do you... Or have you found that this is a viable way of creating a career for yourself, a sustainable one at that? Because I do see that you are working with brands and you're you're making money out of the content that you are creating via using digital platforms and also exporting it onto television because you're in TVCs now. So um, is is this something that you would encourage people to do, tap into the real issues and um, kind of see them making money out of that? Um, I don't know if I, would, if I even think that the youth doesn't do that already. I think actually my engagement is not as old as people think it is. A lot of millennials, a lot of Gen Z are very passionate about issues that affect us today. I mean, some of my biggest videos, and the reason why I even started was because of what happened at Pretoria Girls High, which included girls who kind of just matriculated last year and the year before. And, you know, fees must fall. So I don't think it's also an accurate thing to say, like, you know, it's only adults or people over 35 or over 40 who engage in these topics already. But obviously, mm. I think there's ways even now that I'm trying to relook at how I engage with brands. And that's why I'm taking a step back from using Kels as the workspace and taking her maybe back into the political commentary space. Because I think sometimes, no matter how authentic a brand is, there's some watering down that they they need to do in order to sell the product. So I am working on TV series outside of the Kells bubble and just trying to do the acting thing, um, which is why I went to Varsity in the first place. And going back Mm. to Kells' roots as just being a social, political commentator without having um, that kind of brand tie. Although, I mean, brands make a lot of money, so sometimes (laughs) you got to (laughs) eat. 
I mean, all the time we got to eat. And I, I really appreciate that you're so honest about the space and you're so honest about um, how or some of the challenges that, that come with being the teller of the truth. So I just want to switch back to Legal quickly and um, swing back to the conversation around South Africa and growing a South African brand. Um, what would you say to the South African consumer in terms of comparing a local brand to a global brand um, and questioning the quality thereof versus the price? <sighs> you know, um, it's a very, very tricky one because first of all, Lekau and Drip, they don't own um, the means of production. You know, we design, we work um, hand in hand with the factory, we develop the product, you know, together, you know. And like um, the people that they're comparing um, um, us with them, like they are very big. They own the means of production. You know, they, they now own the farms whereby they, they, they plant the cotton, and you know. So it's very hard. Mm. You know, it's weaker that we would be selling for a thousand rands that could always be pushing for about 450 and because Rona, we just have to go beyond and 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 you know just design and then ask the factory you know how far can you actually go with this design then they just add their own overheads there so the quality um we do not know no 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 deeply the types of um uh, the types of material right now, because we're still going into the industry right now. But we try as much as possible to actually learn. You know, drip is just a year and a six months old. You know, we know um, the level of. Uh... Oh, what Did happened? I lose we, no, we, we seem to have lost him there. I beg your pardon for that. But I think I, I, I really do want to probe that question because he raises an incredibly important point owning the value chain, the downstream, if not owning, certainly having institutional partnerships, including but not limited to credit facilities, all of the things that big business don't even think about these days. I think it did raise a point in terms of owning business, guys, does not come easy. There are institutional, if you like, barriers that one simply has to overcome. But I'm sure he is back on the line now and he will continue that point. Thank you so much, Likau. Yeah, you thought about that. I got, I got cut off. Yes, um, I was saying, you know, it's, it's it's not really fair, you know, to be compared to international brands, and it it, it actually makes a very good um, um sense for South Africans to actually support us, you know, um within the one year six months that we have actually been um um trading, we have employed over fifty uh, young people, you know, we have opened our own stores, we're actually learning as we go, we are just a one year six months old brand, and. Um, I'm very, very happy, you know, that there's this notion that South Africans don't actually support South Africans, which is not true. We wouldn't be here, you know. Um, but who wouldn't be here? Any other local brand wouldn't be here if South Africans were, uh, were not actually supporting us. And now what we have to do is just to go back and reinvest into our own infrastructure and then own the 360 degrees of the business, you know. Um, learn more about like um, acquiring of materials. Learn more about, you know, using the machinery, getting the skills from what we're actually getting right now. Because right now what we do, we are just on the, um, um, just closer to the customers. We just manufacture, get them from the factory and then sell them to the customers. Now we have to go deep into the knowledge of how is a shoe actually made? How can we go yeah. back to our townships now and say, okay, fine, uh, come and let us teach you how to make a shoe. And then we actually consume what we have actually uh, 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 produced. But yeah, no, um, we're going to get there. We are still young and we're still growing and we really, really love the support. 
Indeed. And with that said, um, I'd like to encourage all the people who are listening to support in following, to support in purchasing. Um, you can search Drip on Google and you will find Drip Footwear and purchase. Use your money, use your buying power. I also encourage you to follow Lisa Khotlabi and like all her content, retweet her content, because the more followers she has, the more brands want access to those followers. And that's how we fill her pockets. So she's able to do the same for other people. So South Africa, support us. We are young, we are youthful, and we are here to change our world, to change your world, and to do it one dream at a time. Thank you for joining me. This is Sibu Mabena. Yeah, thank you so much, Sibu. I wonder if uh, Lesejo is still on the line because, Lesejo, are you still there? I'm still here. Well. Yeah, thank you for staying on the line and thank you so much for being part of what has been an, an absolutely outstanding show. A couple of it questions really in very little time. I've got 40 seconds. Engaging your identity among people who don't engage your identity. How difficult has that been whilst still trying to educate these people who absolutely refuse to engage your identity, which is in a sense part of their identity on the one end, and educating them and getting them out of their ignorance? How difficult a task is that? Um, I don't really take it upon myself to be the educator anyway. I mean, I have my videos and I have my point of view and it's more an expression on my part. And if it changes one person at a time, it does. I mean, sometimes I get messages, honestly, from people, and it can be three messages for one video or sometimes 20, up to 20 messages where people will just say, you know, I recognize myself or I recognize my mom in this video. Um, I mean, people like to distance themselves as well, so they'll always recognize a family member in the character that I play in that specific video. But as long as it changes one person or gets one person to go to their homes and their dinner tables and their brides where these conversations happen and discuss the issue that I've, I've brought up, then it's enough for me. I'm not really trying to take on the whole change the whole world thing. I think it's too much. But again, one at a time, and that's kind of my mandate. So, yeah. Fantastic. So far, so good. So far, so good. Let's leave it there. It has been a very good show at that as well. Thank you indeed, Lekau. Thank you indeed to you as well, Lesejo. Let's take the news break now. We return with a final segment on here, SAFM Viewpoint with Songa Zama Bekwe, and I am told that Miss Mabena is going to stay on. So much fun she's having.